Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are live, and I sound weird in my own ears because I'm wearing different headphones, and you'll see that in like two seconds based on the way that the screen's fading out. I look like a dummy, but it doesn't matter. The NBA Finals are here. Game one, Lakers heat. It is Wednesday, September 30th. The entire world didn't end after the debate last night. I'm just here with Greg Ehrenberg to break down Finals game one. So, Greg, how are you? Ah, oh, good. I mean, better than you with your AirPod situation, but no, I, I love the cans. I think you're looking sharp with a very, very radio-esque, very professional looking. I look, I look dumb. I look dumb. They're huge. They're, they're so huge. They're fantastic to be on an airplane and have no one bother you. Uh, they're not as great for simply trying to do this. I sound very tinny in my own ears. It's annoying. I don't know what to do about it, but I don't think there's anything that I can do about it. What we can do about it is simply just talk about the NBA. But first... As you get in the door, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when this and all of our other content goes live. We've got a ton of it today. I will touch on some of it in a little bit. We're going to start here, right out of the gate. Who wins this series? Yeah, so, I mean, I think we have to consider it the Lakers. Lakers are the biggest favorite, uh, second biggest favorite in the last 12 years in terms of how they're priced in the series. I don't know what to make of it though, because the heat really steamrolled through everybody on the way to the finals. So I, I kind of have mixed feelings, which are the heat just kind of a sneaky, great team that we were just totally unaware of entering the season or did the East just really suck this year? And did the heat play in a bunch of matchups that were really favorable for them? And I don't really know. I, I don't have a, I don't have a good read on it. A few people have asked me like, Hey, who do you think should be favored in this series? Do you think the wide's too line? How do you handicap it? And the honest thing is I have no clue. I think I'm going to have a better feel after game one because I can see it going one of two ways. I could see the Heat just continue to play really well, and they're just a team that we've underrated all year. But I could see it going the other way too where just the Lakers have way more talent on their roster, especially on the high end with Anthony Davis and LeBron, and they just steamroll the Heat. And then we just look back in hindsight and go, boy, the East really sucked this year, and we just weren't aware of it until after the season ended. I think the East is good. I, I think the Milwaukee thing is – largely an aberration but that nobody's going to want to take that and i then i think like the heat the celtics the raptors even the sixers to a lesser extent are all sort of the same just depending on who plays who i think it could look a little bit different i mean would like the raptors could have obviously easily beaten the celtics series against the heat could look entirely different the series of the celtics and the heat could have clearly gone 
in more than one direction. I think it's just a lot of really solid teams. The fact that the Heat came out of it, I don't think says a ton. I think they're just good. Yeah, that, that could be the case. I'm not totally sure that is what it is. I think they could just be a decent team, and there was just a lot of decent teams in the Eastern Conference, and there wasn't really one elite team. I mean, I, I mean, who knows how the Bucs series plays out if you know Bledsoe was hurt at the start of the series, and as soon as he gets healthy, Giannis gets hurt. Uh, and then also the the Bucks were just kind of off in the playoffs, which we've seen from them in the yeah. past too. And then Budenholz, if he's willing to play starters 35, 36 minutes, who knows how that plays out. So there's a lot of other factors there. Um, but yeah, my takeaway is going to be if the Lakers just destroy the Heat in the finals as the, as the line suggests for the series that it's going to be, then I'm going to look back on this and be like, this is a really weak year for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I think the Bucks just make it weird because they were clearly the best regular season team. There's no real debate for that piece of information. Um, I think we're just going to end up seeing that the East is just like a lot of the Rockets and the Nuggets and neither in this case, it doesn't make the Clippers look very good, but I think the Clippers and the Lakers were the two best teams in the West. I think we're just going to see that they were one and two and that three, four, five, six, seven, basically for all of the East is pretty comparable. So I agree that they're a step below for the West. I don't, I don't know. It, it's the heat are a great team and it seems like that is carrying them a little bit. And I think that helps. If, if the heat were to win this series, they would be the second biggest underdogs to win the finals in NBA history. The other, the second big, the biggest is the Pistons beating the heat in 2004. I mean, the Pistons beating the Lakers in 2004. Yeah. Oh God, I, I can still picture where I was when that happened, which is so crazy. Just real, real, not, sober in ocean city maryland <laughs> hey that's 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 the way to celebrate chauncey billups and rip hamilton I, I, I was in a dumpster of a hotel um just totally wrecked <laughs> being like well the pistons won <laughs> I, I can picture it clear as day about to take a shot of aftershock which is just ultra terrible liquor <laughs> Anyway, nobody cares. Let's talk about this game. Again, hit that like button as you come in the door. This is game one. So we actually have to talk about this a little bit. Not that we didn't have to talk about all of the other games that we've had, but new stuff is about to happen. I think we should start on the heat side first, if that works for you. I don't think that there's too much to look into from a Bam and Jimmy Butler perspective. Uh, if the heat have any chance of the series going well for them, like those two guys are just going to have to keep playing at, very, very high levels. Um, as of right now, Bam, 42% owned in the utility spot, 9% owned in the captain. Butler, 17% owned in the captain spot on DraftKings, 48% uh, in the utility. The guy that I think that we need to talk about would be Goran Dragic. And he is at one, technically 0.9% ownership in the captain spot and only 15% ownership in the utility spot. He is the fifth most expensive guy. What do we do here? Is this a bad series for him? Um, his style of game, I don't necessarily think fits against the Lakers, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so I mean, we see Drogic score so many, especially in the playoffs, he scored so many of his points in the paint, and there's not really an in-between for him, right? He's either knocking down threes or he's uh, making shots around the basket. I can't see him doing that against Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis combination. And also we look at the price of Goran Dragic. This is really expensive for him. I mean, remember we opened the postseason; he was priced at 4,400. So his price is almost double what it was then. And obviously it's a little different now because we've gone from the 
regular format to the showdown type format. So the pricing is different, but e- even so there's been a massive increase in Drogic over the course of the postseason, And now he's at a point where I think he's a little bit too expensive uh, to your point about the ownership though, if the ownership is going to stay this low, that makes him, you know, a viable option, but I, I don't, I really don't like, I, I really don't like the price tag on him that much. He's 50, he has 15% ownership on FanDuel in a spot where Tyler Hero is $500 more expensive than him. And he is $3,000 cheaper than Bam. I assume these numbers change. When I ran my sim earlier today for FanDuel, I got Dragic in 48% of my lineups and we have him projected for 15. If that holds, I'm going to end up having him in 100% of my lineups on FanDuel. That's a lot. That's a, that's a high percentage. It is. I mean... I'm projecting him to be in the optimal lineup three times as often as the public. Like there's just, there's no way around that one for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a very valid point. Uh, I, I would say I hadn't really looked at the ownership or FanDuel versus DraftKings yet, but he would make more sense on FanDuel than DraftKings. The other thing too is it, it's hard for me to imagine that either LeBron or AD, probably even both of them aren't in the optimal lineup. And that's just going to set up a lot of stars and scrubs type builds. So I see how that's how the ownership shakes out. 98% ownership to AD right now on FanDuel, 85 to LeBron. Um, in my same, I had them basically in 80%. That's probably ends up being a little low uh, other than factoring in just injuries that would remove those guys. It, it's basically impossible for those guys to not be two of the top four scorers on a given day. Uh, yeah, I just can't stop looking at Dragic because like we've got Rondo $500 behind him. I have Dragic 11 fantasy points ahead of him. Crowder is a thousand dollars cheaper. I've got him eight points clear. I, I just like, to me, he should be in an upper tier. It's crazy to me that hero is more expensive than him. Uh, hero $600 cheaper on DraftKings. Both guys not picking up much ownership, nor is Duncan Robinson 6,800 on DK, just 6% ownership. So we've got this tier of LeBron, AD, Bam, Butler. And then the next tier is just complete ghost town from ownership on DK. Let's move it to this. Who is the guy from the heat you like the most today? Hmm. Uh, it from uh, I'll ask you this from uh, ownership perspective, points per dollar, value, like which which tier? In general, well, if you've got more than one, if you've got like a this is the guy I like at the top, this is the guy I like at the bottom, go for it. Yeah, it's tough. No rules I, on this show. Okay, yeah, no rules. That's that's fair enough. This isn't this isn't something strict like the hundred yards and a touchdown. This is this is free flowing. That was close. Um, you're not gonna like my answer, but it's probably Andre Iguodala. I, I don't hate it. Okay. Cause I, cause I mean, we've talked about Iguodala in the past and I mean, points per dollar. He's absolutely crap this year, right? He, he doesn't do very much. Um, it, maybe it's a little bit of bias on my part too, because I was, I was very high on him last game and he ended up making me a good amount of money in showdown. So I kind of want to go back to the well, but it, it's a lot of the same reasons I liked him last game that I like him this game. And it's because why did the heat bring in Andre Iguodala to this team? And it was for a playoff push. Now I'm sure there's no way they envisioned they were going to make the finals at that point in time, but still they brought him in thinking, Hey, we, we want to have his presence, one of his deep, his defense on the court in, in big playoff games. And if we look at his playing time over the last couple of games, I mean, he's playing a ton and especially just because of his reputation of being a guy who could guard LeBron, whether that's true or not, isn't even really relevant because I do think the heat buy into it enough to where they're going to want to play with all big minutes against LeBron. We look at him the last few games, 28 minutes, 20 minutes, 27 minutes. 
So even though he isn't a good permanent fantasy producer, it's kind of tough to find really cheap value in this contest. And if Iguodala is going to play, you know, 26, 28 minutes, which I expect for him guarding LeBron, as bad of a fantasy producer as he is at his price point, he's probably going to be of decent value just because there's enough minutes for him. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, this is the series that the Heat have him for. Like, he's he's. I'd be shocked if he played his way out of the rotation in the series. I, I would just think for that to happen, like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson would need, and Jay Crowder to a lesser extent, would need to just simply be shooting the lights out. Um, so this is what Iguodala is there for. I, I think his minutes are pretty secure at the like 24 to potentially significantly more range. I mean, he was playing backup five basically uh, in the last game for the heat. The the piece that trips me up a little bit, and it's not that I don't like him. He's at 39% ownership right now. Who do you have projected for more fantasy points? Andre Iguodala or Kyle Kuzma, $400 more expensive. Uh, Iguodala because of the, the playing time difference. So the issue with the, the issue with Kuzma is there's just not very many minutes for him in the playoffs and his usage is so low and he sucked. There's, there's a couple of times that I've gone to Kuzma and I've written him up in my building blocks article, which is free on osmo.com. And I've, <laughs> and, and I've said like, Hey, Kuzma's project for no ownership today. And he's somebody who I always perceive as having some upside. Cause I always think there's a chance like, Hey, Kuzma, decent permanent fantasy producer. If he gets on the court for extended minutes, there's always a chance he has a big game and nobody ever rosters him, but he's just so bad. And I was I was making this joke the the other day when I was when I was talking with Lafayette is everything you feel about when Steph Curry takes an open three in the corner where you already know it's in and he's running the opposite way you could say the same thing about Kyle Kuzma where you know it's going to miss like he could take that shot and he should also turn around and run the opposite way because there's no doubt what the outcome is he's missed so many open shots in the postseason I don't think he's even taken a contested shot but it doesn't matter he misses every single open shot he gets whether it's the top of the key of the corner he had that he had the wide open three in the game against the Nuggets at, at the top of the key, almost didn't even hit the net. He airballed. It was one of the worst airballs I've ever seen in an NBA game. And that's kind of what I get hung up on with Kuzma is, I don't know if this is a mental thing because as much as he isn't good, he's not this bad. And then you just look at his production in the playoffs, like he's struggling to crack 15 fantasy points. So it's just, I just don't know how playable he is for the Lakers. And then when he is on the court, he's not producing very much that over the course of the playoffs, you could have played 0% Kyle Kuzma and you would have been, you would have been ahead in that situation. I'm just going to pay close attention to the ownership between Iguodala and Kuzma because of how close they are in price. Because I do think that with this being a different series, we could potentially see a little bit more Kuzma. I don't know. At this point, we're, we're guessing. Um, and I guess we should probably just transition to it right now in a way. Actually, we got, probably got to hit on a little bit more heat before we get to what the Lakers are going to do at the five. Um, it, do you think that we see Kelly Olynyk? Do you think we see Kendrick Nunn? Do you think we see Derek Jones? Do you think we see insert random guy, Myers Leonard uh, being rumored to potentially see the rotation? Well, maybe not the rotation, but to see see the floor again. Um, what kind of changes are you expecting out of Spo for game one? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I assume that we're going to see Kelly Olynyk back in the rotation, but I don't think it's going to be enough minutes to where I want to play him. Uh, if, if we see the, you know, the last three games from the heat played zero minutes, four minutes, and then zero minutes. Yeah. So I think that we could see, you know, minutes or so of Kelly Olenek. Uh, the reason I'm just not probably, I'm probably not going to play him is because I think there's better value plays and I'm so unsure of what his minutes are going to be that it really makes it tough to invest in him. 
I don't think that they can play him with LeBron on the floor. Um, LeBron is not the type of guy that's going to waste potential matchups. If Kelly Olynyk is on the floor, Kelly Olynyk is going to be in a pick and roll every single possession until they have to play Kelly Olynyk off the floor. Um, so I'm a little nervous about Olynyk's minutes. We've got we've got Solomon Hill at 11% ownership right now. I assume he can continue to see like a rotation as a wing defender. I don't really see a scenario where I want to be rostering Solomon Hill. Um, I don't necessarily know that Kendrick Nunn is the guy that I'm looking for here. Uh, I I think they kind of like Derek Jones is probably a guy that I think could be first up just given his athletic ability and skill set. I think it's going to look a lot like the late parts of the Celtics series where they really just tighten this rotation and don't, unless it starts to go wildly wrong and they need to make changes because what they're doing isn't working. I don't think they're making a lot of changes off of the end of the Celtics series. Yeah. I think the biggest risk here for the rotation is if Bam gets in foul trouble trying to go, cause I mean, we saw Dwight Howard get Jokic into foul trouble. We we've seen LeBron get a ton of guys into foul trouble that's where I think is the most likely situation that really just throws the heat, the, the, the heat off is early foul trouble for Bam. And then, then I mean, all bets are off. So uh, maybe now I could talk myself into a little Linux. And I've said this before that if you want to play a small amount of lineups with a Linux, I think that's sensible, but just set a rule in fantasy cruncher where it's don't put Kelly Linux in the same lineups as Bam out of bio. Cause that's, that's a situation where I think Linux becomes viable as Bam gets into foul trouble. I think that Myers Leonard is viable if Bam gets into foul trouble. Uh, I think the other issue is, let me see when he's actually gotten in the league. I, I can't remember him having a, a fantasy relevant game in forever. He hasn't played. But even when he got on the court, I think there was a couple playoff games where he got on and just looked terrible. I remember him. I remember he's, him. he's a flat. He's 1500. Wait, that's not the right. Contest, it, it, it? it could be, it could be 1500 in the captain spot. He's 1500 in the captain spot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. When's the last time he got on the court? It was. It's not going to be fun that much, I can tell you. And I'm not saying that this is like a high likelihood outcome, but I think they might have to go to him over Olinick because they're not going to. It's Olinick's rebounding is a non-existent thing, and if they are just getting worked on the boards, I think they have to go to Leonard before they go to Olinick. And clearly, um... they should get worked on the boards given the ridiculous size of the Lakers. Uh, so Linux, I mean, not Linux. Uh, Myers Leonard only got on the court for one postseason game. I thought I thought there was a few of them for some reason, but yeah, it was game three against the Bucks. He played nine minutes and scored three fantasy points. I thought there was a couple other games there wasn't. I don't know. I still think it's going to be a Linux because okay. to me, he's still first. Linux is the better NBA player, and then second matchup aside, Linux has been ahead of Myers Leonard in the rotation all postseason that I still think it's going to be a Linux before Myers landed. I have to think that way just because of how it's how they've run the rotation. So far, I get that it's a different matchup, but, but even so, I think they give a Linux the first shot. And then if he doesn't work out, then I think they might go to Myers Leonard. Do you have anything else you want to touch on from the heat? Like any specific BAM or Butler takes, we have them with pretty similar ownership, Butler significantly more in the captain spot. However, uh, also, quite a bit cheaper. Butler, more expensive on FanDuel. Bam Adebayo, basically twice the ownership. I, I think all of that largely makes sense, although I do think Bam is going slightly over-owned. Um, look, these are just the two guys that are going to make the heat tick here. I, I don't really have much of a take. The, they're they're going to be involved. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the other thing, too, is if Bam 
and or Butler doesn't have a big game, the Heat lose. Right? There's there's no situation where it, there's no situation where they play poorly and then it's like ah oh, there was a big Duncan Robinson game. He scored 40 points so that he stay in the game. Like I don't think that's a likely outcome. I don't even think Goran Dragic could carry this team by himself. There's going to have to be a big Butler or Bam game. Yeah. And I think it's probably more likely Bam than Butler. Uh, Butler's just kind of been solid, but not great in the playoffs. It, it's his usage is really weird because he had he had a big usage game in the last game against the Celtics, but for the most part, he's been like the eighteen to twenty one percent usage uh, around that range. There's been I don't know like four or five playoff games where he's really been big, but for the most part, he's been more consistent than high upside guy. So I think that for the captain spot, I prefer Bam to Butler, uh, especially considering the ownership, because we haven't gotten a 50 fantasy point game again from Butler since the first game of the series against the Bucs. Other than that, it's been 38 to 42 DraftKings points pretty much every game. Yeah. So Butler, twice as much ownership in the captain spot right now, $1,800 or $1,400 cheaper, rather. Um, that's about where the Sim spit it out. I'm lighter on both of those guys, but the disparity between Butler to Bam uh, is the same. I, I think the salary difference is really just making up all of the weight there. Is this a Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero game by any chance? I think that's the final thing we could touch on for the Heat. Probably not. Uh, I mean, Tyler Hero is always going to have that upside, but he's so priced up on DraftKings and Fandle at this point that it just makes him a poor play to me. Uh, you mentioned right. comparing him to Drogic, and I think that is the comparison because they're about the same price point on both sites. Um, Drogic a little more expensive on DraftKings, Hero a little more expensive on Fandle. We're just comparing the, the production of the two, and they played pretty much the same exact amount of minutes per game in the regular season. Drogic averaged a decent amount more fantasy points. I think Drogic is the way better fantasy play of the two. Uh, Tyler Hero, maybe you could talk yourself into him having a little bit more upside, uh, but the price just is too high for Hero. Okay. Perfect opportunity. 220 viewers. Hit that thumbs up. Helps us out a ton. We've got a lot of free content for everybody today, including NFL ownership free today. You want to get a a look of what Sunday is going to look like? Today's the day to do it. Our NBA rankings free today eight mlb games going on we've got mlb top stacks for free today and finally pga rankings we'll have uh, ben raza and jason roslin going tonight for pga live before lock early edition 6 p.m i believe so uh tune into that one it is 6 p.m 9 45 so uh like 25 minutes immediately after this show jason and adam will do mlb strategy 11 a.m loffy matt and kyle have got nfl strategy as i mentioned jason and Ben at six, other Jason and Pete at seven for MMA live before, actually MMA strategy today is uh, Wednesday, not Saturday. And then finally, Lafay and Adam will be back 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, NBA live before lock before game one of the finals. But that's not all. Promo code Orlando. You can get a $5 Osmo Plus weekly pass. That's $10 off the original price. Your projections, ownership. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, every showdown and single game slate 
It's only valid through Sunday. So if you want to get this pass, use the promo code Orlando when checking out. That's obviously where they are playing. Get a $5 Osimo Plus weekly NBA pass. You cannot beat that deal. Sign up now. Let's slide over to the Lakers. I don't get the sense that we really need to talk about LeBron or AD all that much. Um, if you don't know what you're getting out of those two guys at this point in time, I don't really recommend you play any sort of NBA related fantasy product. Do you have anything that you want to add about LeBron or AD right now? Yeah, I think LeBron is the much higher upside player of the two. I mean, if we look at the run that LeBron's on the postseason, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's hard to think that he's this old. He has this much, he has this many miles on his body and continues to do this. You look at his fantasy production throughout the playoffs. It's been ridiculous. I mean, the, the game, the, the final closeout game against the Nuggets was terrific. 79 fantasy points, triple double. And he's, he's getting his fantasy points so easily too. There's, there's almost no bad fantasy games from him on his, on his game log. He has a couple of games around 40 fantasy points, but he's more likely to score over 60 fantasy points than he is below it at this point. So I think that of the two LeBron and AD, if you're only picking one of them, uh, LeBron is the one that I prefer to pay up for. Okay. Yeah. LeBron, $1,200 more expensive on DK, $1,000 more expensive on FanDuel. That will help level that playing field a little bit. Um, they're essentially equal in everything other than AD more primarily owned in the captain spot due to the addition, additional savings. I think this is the next spot that we have to go. And I think it's the most important piece. What does the center rotation look like for the Los Angeles Lakers? Does JaVale McGee move back to the starting lineup? Does Dwight Howard continue to play large minutes? Does it now become a time where uh, the Lakers are done screwing around and Anthony Davis is just their five? How does this impact someone like Markeith Morris? Is he a now be a benefactor of additional minutes if they stop playing traditional centers? What say you, Greg? What are they doing at the five? Yeah, so I'll say this. I I'm going to, whatever my decision is about the rotation going forward, it is going to be very heavily influenced by whatever the starting lineup is when we get yeah. that. Um, sure. I assume it's going to be Dwight Howard for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I think that they're probably going to want him to match up against Bam. The other thing too, is he played so well against Jokic in the last series that I think that he's played himself into, into more minutes. Uh, look at, look at what they did in the closeout game, 35 minutes for Dwight Howard. I don't expect him to play 35 minutes per game for a couple of reasons. Number one, we just haven't seen all year. And then number two, he's probably going to get in foul trouble more often than not if he plays that many minutes. But either way, I look at the 35 minutes for him last game and think that he's by far the best value play in this game. As long as he starts, I don't even care what the ownership is. Dwight Howard is somebody who is going to be in almost, if if not all of my lineups, because I just think that he's that good of a value play. And I want to be overweight to the field on him because if he's going to approach 30 minutes or play over it like he did last game, he's going to succeed almost every time at, 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 that, at this price. Dwight Howard, 5K, projected for 5% ownership. Yeah, that's incorrect. He's 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 going to get a lot more ownership than that. How many minutes do you expect him to play? Yeah, so th this is where it's really tough. Is It's a different matchup, but he also played 35 minutes last game. And I don't think the rotation is going to be exactly the same, and the foul trouble is always an issue. If I if I say he's going to play 35 minutes again, then he's just the, the best play by such yeah, a wide yeah, margin. So, but but I don't think that's likely. I, I have him for 28 right now. Uh, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of that. I don't think I'm going to get his minutes right. I think I'm either going to be way, it, it's going to be one of two extremes. Either they wait, they're going to mix it up a ton and he's going to be much play less minutes than I expect, or he's going to do something like he did last game play 
you know, the same amount of minutes, but I just can't project him to play 35 again, but I think it's possible. Yeah. If he plays, I mean, 35 minutes, it doesn't appear that the public is even remotely close to projecting him for 35 minutes. That's for sure. Um, I gave him 18 and at 18 minutes, I have him show up in the sim like two and a half times as often as the current public ownership, about 13% of the time at 5k. I feel pretty comfortable there. I wouldn't want to go too much further. Uh, Alex, when I grabbed the data earlier today, by earlier, it's 9.28 a.m. <laughs> before this show started, uh, Alex has him at 22 minutes right now. Um, that would make him show up in next to everything that I do on DraftKings. So I think that is sort of the like the like the, cor- the correct range, so to speak. Now, if we see, obviously, the moment we know that he, he is starting or not starting, changes the equation for him completely. If we see that Dwight is starting, 5% ownership just isn't going to be what he is. If we see that he is not starting, I don't think that that's terribly incorrect ownership because at the very least, you know that they're doing something else, whether that's going back to the traditional JaVale at the beginning of the first and third lineups, which they have been, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they go back to what they're used to and then make their pivots from that full stop. That would surprise me Uh, just because so I would be not surprised if they go to Markeith Morris. I would be really surprised if they go to JaVale McGee just because he plays a lot of the same role as Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard just outplayed him so handily in the playoffs. And even in the regular season, when they were both, when they were both getting minutes and kind of splitting it, the Dwight Howard minutes were always much better than JaVale McGee minutes. Uh, I mean, this was a little ridiculous, but somebody voted for him for, for six man of the year award, but 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 either way, he was he was very effective off the bench, and he was a big reason why the Lakers' defense actually was uh, they had a better defensive rating when AD was off the court, when AD was on the court, and it was because Dwight Howard was so impactful this year. Uh, I, I think that Dwight Howard is such a better option. McGee, I, I don't understand what does McGee bring over Dwight Howard that would make them go back to him, other than that this is what they did for most of the season. But if that was the case, why wouldn't they have just started JaVale McGee for the last couple of games of last year's when they went to Dwight Howard? I, I don't think there's anything that McGee provides to them that Dwight Howard doesn't. I don't think that they're worried about like what JaVale provides, so to speak, as it is just sort of they have a routine that was highly successful for the entire season. And at the very least, going back to that routine to start provides you with a baseline of information you know very much what you're getting out of that starting lineup if that begins to be a problem you already know that you are capable of making that change we have JaVale McGee projected for 18 percent ownership on DraftKings right now granted he is 1800 that is not like he's not priced at any sort of real price tag 18 percent is a lot 18 percent is implying that in general the public is projecting him to play a rotation yeah, I mean, if we look at, I mean, even when he was starting last series, he actually didn't really do all that much. He, no. uh, the last two games of the series, he played five minutes, scored one fantasy point, uh, two minutes scored less than a fantasy point. And then the three games he started last series, 10 minutes, 11 minutes, eight minutes, one fantasy point, 11 fantasy points, seven fantasy points. Uh, so even those games, it's, it was Dwight Howard who was the the better fantasy producer. I, I think it's going to be Dwight Howard that, that starts, but once again, we're going to have this information. It's a one-game slate. We're going to have the information before lock, and I'll be making a lot of changes based on whatever the Lakers starting lineup is, but my expectation is Dwight Howard starts at center. Now, this is this question doesn't have much to do with DFS. This is just asking you seriously. Do you think that Dwight Howard is the best option to start in this game, or would you want to go a different direction and have AD at the five? 
You know, I think it's Dwight Howard. Uh, for most of the season, I've said that I think Anthony Davis should have been the starting center. But part of that also was just because JaVale McGee wasn't really all that impactful. He was just on the court and played minutes. But we saw the minutes with Dwight Howard, and the Lakers played really well last, last series with Dwight Howard playing alongside Anthony Davis. And we didn't see a ton of that in the regular season. So after seeing how successful they were with Dwight Howard in the starting lineup, and Dwight Howard's defense was ridiculous on, on Jokic in those final couple of games. He defended him really well. He did, he did a better job defending Jokic than Anthony Davis did, and he caused all kinds of foul issues for Jokic. Um, also, just his overall petulance. I don't, I don't even know how to describe some of the deep, but he frustrated Jokic with some, of the, with some of the nonsense he was doing, pulling on his jersey and flopping, flailing his arms all around. Uh, but it worked on Jokic. I, I think he's earned himself more playing time, and I would be most interested to see Dwight Howard at center. I actually agree with you. I don't, I don't mean that because I think that your no, opinions are normally awful and I can't believe that I'm getting there. Um, I really like this ultra big team that they can run out there. I, I never thought that I would given the way that this league works now, but they can afford to have Dwight be really, really aggressive in the pick and roll because other teams in the NBA don't have Anthony Davis and LeBron James as backline defenders as rim protection, if your center gets beat, they have the ability to close down on anything that happens, no matter how bad Dwight's pick and roll deep. Like they might, they might get caught in a couple additional rotations. That's when it'll get scary when that ball is getting swung back out to a Duncan Robinson or a Tyler hero. But in terms of just the penetration alone, like if, if Dragic wins a pick and roll and gets by Dwight, he has to wait for LeBron and AD coming from most likely opposite angles to fully erase him. That's terrifying. Or the pick and roll defense works well, Dwight gets to drop and everything looks great. So I actually do like the idea of Dwight starting. I just have no idea how many minutes this dude plays. And right now, public, 22% ownership going to Markeith Morris. Do you think that Markeith Morris is the better option than Kuzma for this series? Uh, I actually don't, because if we look at what Markeith's Morris minutes were for last series, and I have to assume that there's some sort of, uh, you know, continuation from what happened last series. Uh, and then obviously we adjust a little bit after game one, but Markeith Morris didn't play very much uh, against Denver. And even when he did play, he didn't really produce at all. Uh, last four games, two fantasy points, five, 10, eight. And that was playing about a dozen minutes per game. Uh, the other issue I have with Markeith Morris is just there's other value options that I that I like here. Him at 2600 I'd actually I'd rather pay up for Alex Caruso $400 more. Um, certainly so would the rather get to, yeah, yeah, certainly would rather get to Dwight. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not really strongly considering Markeith Morris. I think there is an outside chance that he starts, which would obviously change things greatly. Uh, but for now, I think he's just going to continue to play in like that 12 to 15 minute range, and he's not a good enough permanent fantasy producer to – to really be a great play at that, at that, at the, in those minutes. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I do prefer Caruso as well. If we're talking about in a vacuum, uh, Caruso currently projected for basically twice as much ownership as Morris. So it, it does start to get a little bit sneakier then. KCP's kind of just sort of overpriced. You know what you're going to get out of him. Very little offense, a couple open threes. I assume he's just going to be guarding Jimmy Butler a lot. Um, or potentially chasing around Tyler Hero slash Duncan Robinson. I, I think that's probably more of a Danny Green situation. What do we do with Rondo? I don't know really what to make of his minutes any longer. 
he can play 20 or 30. And I'd be like, yep, got it. Yeah. I mean, what really throws me off is that he played 13 minutes last game, uh, yeah. which, which makes him really risky at the same time too. Um, we have to see what his ownership is as we get closer to lock. Um, I, I think that he's potentially a very, very good GPP play uh, because, because the upside is there and both of us are not Rondo fans, but for a while, he was probably the Lakers' third best player in the playoffs. He played very, very well earlier in the earlier in the playoffs. And the other thing that's weird about Rondo is the way teams defend him, where Rondo's not a good shooter, but he's a pretty decent shooter when there's nobody guarding him. And people have been defending him in the playoffs like he's Ben Simmons, where they're like, "Oh, let's just give we're going to give Rondo yeah. all the space in the world. He's going to make those shots. He's he's not, not a bad shooter." No, especially, I mean, he's not somebody who's going to catch and shoot and knock down defended shots, but the reason his numbers look okay is that there's this reputation that he's such a bad shooter that people just leave him wide open, and that's just not the case. It's very weird. I don't know why people have made that adjustment, but... He used to be a bad shooter. He he used to be a bad shooter, and then you know what happened is he figured out how to shoot because people never guarded him and just left him open, and nobody's ever adjusted. So 2015, 16, 36%, 2016-17, 37.5%. A little blip when he went to New Orleans, 36% last year. Hasn't been great this year, but he also had sort of like a lost season. Um, but 33% is still not like Russell Westbrook shoots like eight threes a game at 29%, generally yeah. up until January of this year. <laughs> so the, the the Rockets guarded him like he was Lou Dort. I mean, he, yeah. he touched he touched the ball. They, they gave him the Lou Dorbit treatment where Rondo got the ball. They all ran away from him. They're like, hey, Rondo, shoot. And he and he he obliged and made a bunch of them and just Do you know what he's shooting in the playoffs? He hasn't shot a lot. He's only shot 29 threes in the playoffs. Uh I'm just guessing. I'm I'm just going off memory. Probably around 40%, though. 45. Yeah. He's, no, because he's 13 of 29 in the playoffs from three this year. And he was eight of 19 last year. So that's 21 of 48. I mean, he's, he's, he's a high IQ player. And if teams are going to leave him open, he's going to take those shots. And that's what happened last year, Uh, not last series, this series against the Rockets. What what's tough though, is like I said, only 13 minutes last game. The thing is, is that if he plays, you know, 22, 25 minutes, he's such a good permanent fantasy producer that he could have a a big fantasy game in those kind of minutes. He scored over a fantasy point per minute this season. And that's, generally what we get from him is around a fantasy point per minute for his career so I, I, there's definitely an avenue there for for a big fantasy game the other thing too is that we don't know the lakers could give him 27 minutes 28 minutes again like we saw before and if that's the case then yeah he he probably he probably crushes so I, i'm i'm interested to see where his ownership shakes out because if he ends up being popular i don't really want all that much to do with them if he's not popular then i think he's one of the stronger plays on the slate do you prefer rondo or dwight $400 separating the two on DraftKings. Yeah, right now, Dwight, especially because Dwight isn't projected for all that much ownership. Um, but yeah, we, we have to see what that looks like. Come close to the sure. if, if Dwight comes off the bench, then I'm going to prefer Rondo. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with you there. What else do we need to touch? Is there a, anything else you want to touch on from the Lakers that you think we need to get in right now? We, we got about five minutes left before we got to seed control over to the MLB guys. Um... You talked about KCP there for a second. You, you know what's kind of funny about KCP is he scores like 18, 19, 20 fantasy points almost every single game. Uh, so if, if you're filling out the final spot on your lineup, I, I don't mind rostering KCP. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of upside there, but I think he's viable. Uh, I definitely prefer him to Danny Green, who's $400 cheaper because Danny Green is doing almost nothing in the playoffs. 
Uh, so that's the one thing I'll say over KCP is if you're looking for a cheapish wing on the Lakers, uh, KCP is a better option than Danny Green. Antoine Murphy says he thinks that Braun will be guarding Jimmy most cases. I expect him to be on someone like Jay Crowder more often than that. I think that where he guards early, Jimmy, at least. Yeah, I, I was going to say for, fourth quarter he guards Butler. Yep, I agree. I think more often than not, you put him on Jay Crowder and he is just the ultimate help defender and you don't have to worry about him chasing anybody around for most of the game. Um, I think you'd rather have LeBron playing free safety than, and they have plenty of guys that can guard Jimmy Butler. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? It's, I don't, obviously LeBron is going to do a better job guarding Jimmy Butler than those guys are, but at the same time, then you're sort of just wasting Danny Green standing in the corner next to Jay Crowder or wasting KCP standing next to insert other bad guy here. Yeah, I, I, I think you can serve LeBron as much as possible defensively with a matchup on Crowder for as much as he can. Yeah. I, I just like the phrase wasting Danny Green as if there's some, as, as if there's some high purpose for Danny Green. Don't, don't, don't do this to me. I'm a, I'm a huge Danny Green guy. I think he was very good at one point in time. I think Danny Green is one of the best players ever in the NBA at his role. I, I think that was very true at one point in time, and I think he's no longer that player. But when he was on the Spurs, even last year for the Raptors, that was definitely true. Yeah. I, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think that he is uh, the difference maker that he once was. But like he he is just as important to a championship team as like your number two banana because he was a guy that could guard the other team's best defensive player on the wing and shoot 40% from three. And that is like so wildly valuable. Uh, I'm, I'm such a, oh God, I'm such a Danny Green guy. Which you, it's, it's never fun. You know what else is funny about that is he was the same way for if anyone plays yearly fantasy leagues for, for Roto leagues. There was a point in time where Danny Green was like a top 30 player just because he was really good percentages, good defensive yeah. stats and didn't turn the ball over. So for Roto leagues, he was a guy who was really valuable, but could be had in like the 10th round of drafts and then, return like fourth round total value so kind of kind of the same fantasy player that he was in real life in that sense and i am a huge or at least was a huge duke fan um so i naturally hated danny green pretty aggressively for extended amount of time so uh, you have to be pretty good for me to get rid of my former biases and hating everyone that went to north carolina was definitely one of them for the better part of my life until dfs ruined sports in a different way. It didn't like totally ruin it. Yeah, but, you know, uh, like I don't have, I don't have fandom anymore. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, my fandom is just my fantasy team and it's generally yep. changing from game to game. I will, but there's also this about fantasy. I don't think football is watchable if it's not for a gambling and fantasy aspects at this point in time. Uh, I, I could watch, I could watch basketball all day. I, I could even watch baseball. I love to watch MMA. There's certain sports football being one of them that if, if I don't have fantasy implications, I do not care about football at all. If it wasn't for the Red Zone channel, I would never watch football. I think it's a terrible television product. It's it's definitely not. It's it's you know what's funny is there's so many stoppages in football. All the reason that people say they hate baseball, those things are amplified in football. And people say that the reasons they like football are because of hey, there's constant action, which there isn't in baseball. It's like now there's a play every 90 seconds in football. It's basically it's basically just a show about commercials that has sports. It's, it's in a lot, There's a lot of commercials. It's awful. I hate it. Anyway, but it's, it's so good for oh, fantasy though. It's, it's oh so yeah. Good. I love it. It's, it's, well, I hate that too, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, I hate that for different reasons. It's, 
it's also because there's not very many fantasy sports that so much get hinge on any individual play, right? There's, there's, there is, there aren't really other sports where it's like, Oh, there's, there's an 18 point fantasy play in football. There's a long touchdown. I mean, there's home runs in baseball, except it doesn't have quite as much sway as the, as the long touchdowns in football. Yeah. There's, this isn't like rock and jock. LeBron can't hit a 50 point yeah, there's, basket or call in like the, the money ball or whatever the hell they had in the rock and jock softball games or the, the, the eight ball <laughs> it was worth eight, eight runs. Get, gets a rebound in his own free throw line and, and chucks it the full length of the court and makes it right before the end of the third quarter. So, and it's like, Oh my God, my fantasy team has scored 50 points because I stacked LeBron with, you yeah, oh know, with whoever. So not such nonsense. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, let's go final predictions. I, I still think the Lakers win this series, uh, pretty comfortably. Um, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if the heat end up winning. Um, but I, I think that the Lakers are the much better team. I think we're going to look back on this ultimately and say that the Eastern conference was very weak this season. Lakers in five. Look, this is LeBron in the finals against a team that by all accounts, he's better than it's not like he was going to a bunch of finals and gacking them away. He ran into arguably the greatest team ever in the Warriors, still picked one of them off there. Um, I, I just, I, I'm not betting against LeBron here. Lakers in five. I love the, I, I really like what the Heat are doing. It's been really fun to watch. Uh, they need another guy. So I don't want to say go Lakers because like, that's not exciting <laughs> either, but go LeBron because any, I, I just want him to win so that I can continue my, he is the greatest stance. Yeah, that's that's fair, and then I'm I certainly look forward to the discourse on Twitter for the next uh, eight months or, or however long it is until the next NBA season starts. Nothing better than uh, Twitter, that's for sure. Guys, hit the like button on your way out the door. Thank you for joining us. MLB show coming up right now. We out of here. <laughs>